What's up? This is Jonathan Smith, your host here at Shooting the Schmitz. We've got another absolutely loaded podcast for you today, previewing the upcoming weekend, college football week eight picks, and then we're going to get into the rest of the NFL stuff. If you missed my NFL picks for the weekend, you can go back to the last podcast and you can hear all those. Let's get to it. Here we go. of the college football season is here and it continues on with a few big conference matchups three games in particular all of them having major college football playoff implications gotta be honest with you it's been a rough year for me betting college football went two and four the last time I made my picks lowering my record on the year to six and ten so need a big week here let's get to the picks gonna, gonna see if we can if we can turn it around this week here in week eight. Let's start with the biggest game of the weekend. Penn State, Ohio State. Ohio State is favored by 4.5. The over-under on the game set at 45.5. This is, like I said, the game of the week. 7th-ranked Penn State is headed to Columbus, Ohio to take on 3rd-ranked Ohio State. This is the first of three majorly huge games in the Big Ten this year. Right When Michigan, Ohio State, and Penn State all have to play each other, these are the three big games I'm talking about, this being the first one. Whoever performs the best here will probably win the Big Ten Championship and will also probably advance to the college football playoff. There's also a scenario where they all beat each other and then we've got a three-way tie, and then who knows what happens, right? Which is personally what I'm rooting for. Now let's get to the actual game. Ohio State is coming off... Their best performance of the season last week against Purdue. Penn State, meanwhile, has coasted through the season, beating a bunch of teams that are average at best, most of them not even being average. Drew Allar, he's supposed to be the truth. We've heard a lot about him coming into the season. Penn State fans really excited about him. And we're going to learn a lot about Allar this week. This is not only his first big game at Penn State, It is also his first big road start. Meanwhile, Kyle McCord on the other side for Ohio State, another first-year starter. He has been battle-tested throughout the season. He went on the road to Notre Dame, so he's got a little bit of experience in these big games. And not only does he have a little bit of experience, he has experienced success in these big games, right? You know, the first, you know, 58 minutes of that game he did not look great but the last two minutes he moved Ohio State down the field and they ended up winning the game on a last second touchdown which is nothing but pretty insane still can't believe that that happened and I gotta be honest with you when we look at both of these rosters it feels like Penn State is a year away a lot of their major contributors are sophomores whereas Ohio State's roster a little bit more developed a little bit older it's at home They also have, if not the best, the second best non-quarterback in the country in Marvin Harrison Jr. Okay, he's going to be the reason why the Buckeyes win and why they cover this four and a half point spread. Okay, I think Ohio State wins 27 to 20, barely hitting the over on that 45 and a half points total. Uh, Also as well, Ryan Day is always extremely well prepared for big games. I know... 
He doesn't have a college football playoff win, and Ohio State fans, they knock him for it. Non-Ohio State fans knock him for it. But you can't say that he's not prepared. They were prepared last year against Georgia. They were prepared uh, in previous college football playoff games against Clemson. And look, in the regular season, the guy doesn't lose. Okay? Ohio State's going to be prepared. They're going to have a good game plan, and that is going to pay off. As I said, Ohio State wins 27-20, covering that four-and-a-half-point spread. They stay undefeated on the season, and they win an ugly game. Moving on to the SEC, big game here. Tennessee headed down to Tuscaloosa, hoping to smoke some more cigars after they take on Alabama like they did last year. I am absolutely shocked by this line. The Crimson Tide are favored by eight and a half. This line is simply too big, considering all of the issues that Alabama has. The offensive line not hasn't been great. Jalen Milrow, not reliable. And as great as this Alabama defense is, Tennessee is going to score points. Okay? Josh Heupel, that's the one thing that you know he's going to do. They're going to put the ball in the end zone. That's just that's what they do. Even with, you know, Joe Milton playing quarterback, right? You know, big arm, a little wild, not super accurate, doesn't matter. They're going to score points. Tennessee also running the ball really, really well this year, averaging 234 rushing yards a game. Pretty impressive. I know really the last time I talked about Tennessee was when they got embarrassed on the road against Florida. They've bounced back. I think they're going to be fine. They've changed the offense, not as pass happy. And I got to be honest, this doesn't feel like a game Alabama can just play ball control and win 24 to 20 because their defense played really well. And here's the thing even if they do win that way, Tennessee would cover the eight and a half points. I'll be honest, I wouldn't be surprised if Tennessee won outright. Okay? They've got a, a decent quarterback, they can run the football, they're going to score points. They're, you know, a bad Jalen Milrow day away from winning this game by a touchdown. And let's be honest, do we really trust Jalen Milrow to put together a great game? I don't. He hasn't given us anything so far this season for us to be like, you know what, Jalen Milrow, he's going to be consistent this week. No, he's going to be up and down. Because that's just that's how he's been all year long. But I think Tennessee wins. I'm not crazy enough to take him outright. Or excuse me, I think Alabama wins. I'm not crazy enough to take Tennessee outright. Apologies there. They cover the spread. Alabama wins 31-27. This game, I think, will clear that 47.5 point over under. Moving on to the last college football game of the week that I really want to talk about. I was debating about how much I wanted to get into Florida State and Duke, but let's be honest, if Riley Leonard doesn't play, Florida State should handle Duke. Even if he does play, he's still going to be a little banged up with that high ankle sprain, so who knows how mobile he'll be. I think Florida State should, should have their way with Duke, so I didn't want to get into that one. But this game right here, Utah, on the road, taking on USC. USC favored by seven points in this one with the over-under set at 53.5. USC got embarrassed against Notre Dame last week. or Yeah, that was last week. Caleb Williams had the first bad game of his college career. Now they have to play Utah, who's going to be tough. Utah's going to play good defense. Their defense could be even better than Notre Dame's last week. And even though Cam Rising may not play, we're still waiting on him to come back. USC's defense is so bad, I don't think it's going to matter whether or not Cam Rising makes his return this week. Utah is going to score points against this atrocious USC Trojans defense. And, 
Look, if Cam Rising plays, I would take Utah to win outright, but I'm not going to bet on something that I don't know about. So I'm going to act like he's not going to play, and I'm going to take Utah to cover, but they lose. I think USC wins the game 34-28. That total will also clear that 43.5 point over. Those are the three big games this week. Cannot wait to come back on Tuesday and talk about them. But we're going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to get into the NFL NFL Sunday. Right, Got a few big games there. Once again, if you missed the NFL picks, go back to yesterday's podcast and you can get all five of those. We're going to take a short break and we'll be right back with more Shooting the Schmidt. And we're back with more Shooting the Schmidt NFL Sunday. But before we get to that, let's talk about last night's game. Trevor freaking Lawrence. Give the man his respect, please. Give these Jacksonville Jaguars some respect, please. Now, I have taken some, I wouldn't call it ridicule, wouldn't say I've been made fun of, but I've gotten some funny looks. Because coming into the NFL season, I said Jacksonville's going to be the number one seed in the AFC because their schedule is so light. They're 5-2. and two. Schedule's still pretty easy. They still get to play the Titans again, and they get to play the Texans again, who I know beat them. Right? That's kind of when people raise their eyebrows at the Jags, like, oh, like the Texans? Really? You guys lost you guys lost to the Texans? But the Texans, that's a good football team. Right? They handle the Saints, they're now five and two, in firm control of their division, and should continue to roll on, especially if Trevor Lawrence plays like he did last night. He goes twenty for twenty nine, two hundred and four yards and a touchdown, also led them in rushing. Eight carries, fifty nine yards. He did all of this on a sprained knee. He did all this on a sprained knee. Didn't didn't throw a pick. Jacksonville still found a way to turn the ball over twice. Part of that is because this Saints defense and special teams units, they're really good. Okay, this Saints defense, like this is a tough defense to hang 31 on. All right, it's not an easy thing to do. Trevor Lawrence and this offense did it. Christian Kirk had a big day. I want Jacksonville to figure out a way to run the football, because look, let's be honest here, when your quarterback leads you in rushing and his name isn't Lamar Jackson, that's like, you know, that's a little concerning, right? They ran the ball 26 times, four yards a carry, ran it for over 100 yards, but I want them to be a little bit more consistent with their run game outside of Trevor Lawrence. Derek Carr, meanwhile, threw the ball 55 times, 300 yards, uh, a touchdown, and a pick, um... You know, the drop at the end of the game was kind of tough. Foster Morrow got it. I mean, I mean, a high schooler. He's wide open. I can't believe he dropped that ball. Um, but, yeah, it happened. Jacksonville, they win 31-24. They, they continue to roll. Your boys want to know this week on picks for uh, the five weekly NFL picks that I make every week. Once again, go back to yesterday's podcast. If you want those five picks, it's just those. It's like 10 minutes. Uh, you will not regret it. Um, but yeah, let's get into the other games going on this week. I actually closed out my tap. So I want to say just a little bit more on Jacksonville while, while I pull this back up. When we think about this Jacksonville team, I think the things that stick out is obviously the loss to Houston, who, as I already said, is a really good team. But part of why I was really high on them coming into the season was because of Trevor Lawrence and the improvements that he made last year. He hasn't been as good as he was last year. But I do think that last night's game was a great step in the right direction for him to 
continue back on the path that he was on last year, being one of the top 10, top 8 quarterbacks in the NFL. Hopefully last night's performance will spark that right back up. Okay, I've got my thing pulled back up. Let's get into the rest of these games. Some of these games, i got to be honest, don't really care about. Like Las Vegas, they're playing Chicago. Justin Fields has the dislocated thumb. Don't think he's going to play. Don't really care to watch it. Cleveland taking on Indy. Covered that game yesterday. You can go back and listen to that. Buffalo, New England, covered that one yesterday. Washington goes on the road to take on New York. Washington should win this game. And to be clear, it is the New York football Giants divisional game. Washington should win this game. Better quarterback, better defense, better really everything, right? And I'm still waiting for Brian Dable to figure it out, okay? I threw, I wouldn't call it a temper tantrum, but I got I got pretty into it, you know, four weeks ago when they were set to play the 49ers on, uh, on Thursday Night Football. And I sat here and I talked about Brian Dable. And I talked about how smart he is and how last year we were very quick to put him on the same level as a Kyle Shanahan and an Andy Reid. And we haven't seen that this year. Part of it's the offensive line and all the injuries that have happened there, right? But look, Daniel Jones, Tyrod Taylor, those are both mobile guys. He hasn't really moved the pocket at all. It's been a very disappointing coaching season from the Giants. I expect more out of Brian Dable. And look, i got to be honest, though. They're going to get absolutely trounced this weekend. No way they lose to Wa- No way they beat Washington. Washington's going to live in the backfield. Chase Young and those dudes, they're healthy. That's one of the best defensive fronts in the NFL, right? Probably them and San Francisco, um, the two best, if you had to ask me. Uh, love what Washington's doing. They should handle New York pretty well. Atlanta takes on Tampa Bay. Fully expect Tampa Bay to bounce back and grab a win there. Desmond Ritter. Sorry, man, but you are you are not that guy. Um, it's been really fun, though, watching Arthur Smith coach around the, defici- the deficiencies of Desmond Ritter. Uh, but, yeah, I, li- I like Tampa Bay to win that one. First big game. First game that I'm really excited to sit down and watch. Detroit going on the road to take on Baltimore. Detroit 6-1 on the season. Uh, Baltimore coming in at 5-2. and two. That's not right because it's week 7. Detroit's lost one game. The Ravens have lost two. These are two of the best teams in the NFL, two of the most fun teams to watch in the NFL. Uh, Baltimore favored by three points the last time that I checked. Um, Should be a really good game. I want to watch Detroit continue to play offense at the level that they're doing it at. I know people are disappointed that they aren't using Jameer Gibbs as much as we thought that they would, but Montgomery's doing a great job. Detroit is running the football. Jared Goff is completing the passes that he should complete, uh, and then some, right? Like, Jared Goff, like, I know that when he was traded from Los Angeles to Detroit, there's a real negative connotation around Jared Goff and who he was as a quarterback, but he has turned it around. Um, It's hard not to like what's happening in Detroit. They are physical. That is one of the best offensive line units in the NFL. Panay Sewell is awesome. Frank Ragno, the center, probably the best center in the NFL. Like, they are mean. They are nasty. Dan Campbell's doing a great job in Detroit. And meanwhile, for Baltimore, you got a little bit more finesse, right? You got the big, mean, physical Detroit Lions taking on a little bit more finesse, Baltimore Ravens, at least when we look at the offenses, right? You know, you got Lamar Jackson, who's going to make you miss and things like that. Um, you know, you got Odell Beckham, and they got a small receiver in Zay Flowers, who's been really good. A little bit more finesse, 
really excited for this game, mainly because I want to watch this Ravens defense. I want to watch Roquan Smith and see how they counter this Detroit offense because Baltimore, they've got the dudes on defense to be solid, to be good. Jadavion Clowney having a really good year. You know why? Because he's in Baltimore. And when people, especially defensive players, go to Baltimore, they just play great because John Harbaugh's a really good coach. And they always have good coordinators, and they're always figuring out ways to be relevant. And so I'm really excited to watch this chess match between Roquan Smith in this defense and Detroit in this offense. Uh, The trenches in that game should be a lot of fun to watch as well. And then, of course, it's Lamar Jackson. It's Odell Beckham. It's Zay Flowers. Uh, it's um, Amon St. Brown. Like They've got some dudes in this game. Really excited for it. I think we're going to learn a lot about each team based on the outcome of the game. Pittsburgh going on the road to take on Los Angeles. Pittsburgh, big win over you know the Ravens in recent weeks. That was last week, or maybe it was two weeks ago. I, I think they were on a bye last week. Um, coming off the bye, going on the road to take on the Rams. Like This is a game where they can that they can win and that they really need to win, right? They're 3 and 2, trying to stay in contention in the AFC. I mean, you got to stay two or three games above 500 throughout the season and you have to win games that you should win. And this is a game that Pittsburgh should win, right? The Rams offensive line hasn't been great this year. TJ Watt should have an opportunity to make a real impact on the game. The question is going to be the offense cuz the offense hasn't really been great this year. Right, I mean, outside of their performance against the Browns, where they put up 26, you know that's impressive. But then you know they get beat by the Texans 30 to six, and then they you know they, they sneak out a win against the Ravens two weeks ago. Uh, I'm really intrigued to kind of see how they look, especially coming off the bye. As we know, Mike Tomlin never had a losing season, um, so I expect them to at least go nine and eight. But is this a playoff team? I think we're going to find out a lot about that this week based on this outcome. Arizona plays Seattle. Seattle should handle that game. Pretty easily. I do want to talk about Arizona a little bit, though, because I have talked a lot of crap about Arizona and Josh Dobbs and how bad they are, but they aren't that bad. They are not the worst team in the NFL. It's probably New England, which just a smile comes to my face whenever I say that. Um, man, that feels good. Feels good to know that the New England Patriots are the worst team in the NFL. Um, Especially after, you know, the dynasty that they had that seemed to last, you know, two decades. And yeah. But anyway, Arizona, not the worst team in the NFL. Josh Dobbs proven to be a viable option uh, at quarterback. The new coaching staff, new young coaching staff, you know, uh, the head coach and both offensive coordinators are both under the age of 40. Doesn't seem to matter. They're they're doing a really good job preparing their team and they're they're competitive. They're they're a fun team to watch in that aspect. Green Bay takes on Denver. Covered that game yesterday uh, in my in my NFL picks. Los Angeles takes on Kansas City. This is the other game that I'm really going to be tuned into and watching. Um, I, I covered this game yesterday, but in case you miss it, I'm, I'm going to go over it again here just, just a little bit. Los Angeles, the Chargers, you got to move on from Brandon Staley, and I think we're going to watch this game, and it's going to become even more apparent than it already is that Staley is simply out of his depth. Uh, This is a team that spends more money on their defense than any other team in the league, and Brandon Staley still cannot get it done as a defensive head coach. He can't get it done. And they're wasting time with an elite quarterback talent in Justin Herbert. They're wasting his time. 
Uh, I did a whole defense article thing that I wrote. I think that came out on Tuesday. I did a podcast on that as well. Feel free to go back and listen to that one too. But, yeah, Kansas City should win this game pretty handily just because the coaching mismatch is it's ginormous. Simple as that. Two games left for the week. There's Sunday Night Football, Miami and Philly. Going to close with that. Monday Night Football, San Francisco and Minnesota. San Fran should dominate this game, whether McCaffrey plays or not. I don't think it's going to matter. Excited to see how Brock Purdy bounces back. Part of me, i got to be honest, part of me wants McCaffrey and Debo Samuel to not play because I want to see how Purdy looks against this pressure defense that he's going to face taking on Brian Flores and the, and the Minnesota Vikings. Okay, It's going to be a tough game for him. They're going to get after him. Um, I'm excited to watch it. you know. And as I said, I kind of hope Debo and McCaffrey don't play because I want to see what Purdy looks like when he doesn't have all of his guys because that's going to be a question now and I want him to answer it early. That way it's something we don't have to talk about a whole bunch through the rest of the season. Now let's close it out here. Miami going on the road to take on the Philadelphia Eagles. Game of the week. This is the game of the week. Um, Not just saying that because I'm a Dolphins fan, but I think when we look at all the other matchups, you know, you got the Dolphins who have lost one one game on the year and you got Philly who's lost one game on, on the year. And... I am often inclined to take teams who got embarrassed the week prior. I wouldn't say Philly got embarrassed. They lost a game to the Jets that they probably should have won. But outside of that, you know, whatever. I think this is a really big game for Miami. Because they've done a really good job this year of keeping Tua clean. Okay? He hasn't gotten hit a ton, and that's a large part of why Miami has found success. But now they have to play against this Eagles front that is amongst the best in the league. You know, I mentioned Washington and the 49ers earlier. Should have mentioned Philly in that. Okay, because they are deep and they got dudes who can get after the quarterback. Okay? And that's going to be the main thing that I watch. Can this Miami Dolphins offensive line hold up against these teams that have a premier pass rush like the Eagles do? On top of that, when we look at the Miami Dolphins wins... Okay, I got to be honest here. They're 5 and 1. They are flashy. They are fun. They are fast. Let's look at their wins. They beat the Chargers, who we've established not great. They beat the Patriots, who we've established worst team in the league. They hung 70 on the Broncos. Okay? That's a, that's a bad football team. They beat the Giants. That's a bad football team. They beat the Panthers. That's a bad football team. Their five wins are against bad teams and the one game they've played this year against a good Buffalo Bills team. On the road, they got beat 48-20. to 48-20. to 20. So i got to be honest with you. There's a little bit of doubt in my mind surrounding these Miami Dolphins. Like, is this just a team that's fun and flashy and is going to beat up on bad teams? But when they have to play against teams that are good and that are physical, they're going to struggle? We're going to find out this week because Philly, they're as physical as they come. Okay, as I've already mentioned, the, off- the defensive line, the offensive line, really good again this year. Um, you know, Lane Johnson, hope, you know, he's listed as questionable for the game on Sunday. The Eagles, they need him back because this Miami Dolphins defensive line, really good too. They lead the league in sacks, actually. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's going to be a great game. I want to see how Jalen Hurts looks. Um, there's a chance that Jalen Ramsey also comes back from injury this week. He's been practicing. That's going to be a big boost for Miami whenever he does come back. It'd be nice if this was this week. You know, because it's A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith and now Julio Jones, who's, you know, not what he was. But 
going to be really intriguing, just all the talent on the field for this game. Jalen Hurts, obviously, not having a great year. Uh, Turned the ball over a lot, seven touchdowns, seven picks, not great. Um, you know, Nick, uh, Nick Sirianni still trying to figure out the offense uh, with the Eagles this year. DeAndre Swift, though, is having a good year. Obviously, we know about Miami and the way they've ran the ball. Um, just a lot of talent. Interested to see how the Eagles try to cover Tyreek Hill. Like, this is a big game for both teams. Because right? if Miami improves to 6-1 and one with a win on the road against the Eagles, it's going to be really hard not to crown them as the best team in the NFL. Meanwhile, as I said, the Eagles are still trying to figure some things out, especially on the offensive side of the ball. So, going to be interesting. Cannot wait for it. Game of the week. I'm going to be tuned in. Hopefully, hopefully it goes well for me. Um, yeah, so that's going to do it here at Shooting with Schmidt. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, yeah, I'll be back again on Tuesday with another podcast. Got a special guest coming on on Wednesday. Excited to have him on. Uh, it's going to be good, so make sure you like, subscribe, follow, whatever you need to do. Um, I appreciate it, and I'll talk to you all again on Tuesday. <laughs>